1: So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons not just the primary colors so you can start building a meaningful life it's time to give singlehood a cape today's host is someone i go way back with his name is sean Cardinali. sounds like a baseball player he's a coach writer and activist who returned to coaching on sex and love addiction At the outset of the pandemic, after a four-year hiatus, he speaks the language and his coaching style tends to lean toward 12-step recovery, which saved his own life and livelihood 14 years ago. He's also very transparent. Sean earned his local certification through Linda Bark's holistic coaching methodology and is pursuing his ICF certification and a degree in social work. So beyond sex and love addiction, Sean's practice focuses on intimacy, relationships, divorce, dating, and the creative process. Enjoy Sean Cardinale.
2: What is up everybody? It's good to be back. I've got the dopest motherfucker visiting (laughs) today. Brandon Grew and I will be talking about breakups and relationships and navigating all that good shit. And you're gonna wanna hear what he says. It's Sean Cardinale, sex and love addiction coach, and uh, I'm here with a homie who is in this whole cohort that you all know about. John Kim's single on purpose, the platforms, the this, the that, the tat lab, and uh, Brandon, it's good to have you, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good, brother. Stoked to be here. Thanks for this invitation. Thanks for setting this up. It's good to see your face, and uh, I'm excited to dive in with you.
2: Dude, I want people to hear your story. I'm excited too. Um, you have uh, not only one of the best personalities and I can just imagine I've done some, you know what, we're supposed to talk about relationships. But we can't forget to do the breath work. So let me shut the fuck up before I start to uh, 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 give you all the kudos about a cool ass mustache and personality all at once. One big good package for the, for the ladies out there. but uh, uh, And the good hair too.
0: I wish people could Why see me because I'm I'm blushing. Or you can see how red I'm getting, Sean. Thank you.
2: <laughs> there are promos. The promos, they will see us. So, so don't worry; they'll they'll see it. Be like, oh, he's all red in that shit. Must have been when Sean was like, fucking, fucking. Lean. But anyway, I'm so glad you're here, man. And you're 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 are uh, 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 I've come to respect you so much, knowing you. What about two and a half, three years? I think during the COVID, all the COVID coaching, right? That whole cohort.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, I pretty much started. Yeah. Doing some breath work with the Tat Lab. I guess it was the fall of 2020. Um, was kind of, I was introduced to John through a friend and I did breath work for, what was that? Uh, the Weekend of Wellness was the first oh, time yes. I ever did it. And uh, it was, it was kind of a hit and John was like, yeah, how about you start doing it twice a month in the community?
2: Right on the, on the regular. So I'm going to, I'm going to set back, <clears throat> back pedal and set that stage. And then, I, and then again, want to hear all about your bio. That is where we met. John Kim during the um, during the shutdown, the worldwide shutdown, built, put together this community, this digital community, because of course people needed to get their self-care, self-help offload, especially given there are three or four fucking, you know, crises or pandemics going on all at once. Not just COVID, but you know, it was, it was racial, it was economical, it was, it was everything, it was environment. There were like four fucking, you know, just chaos, right? Chaos. But you took a big breath, <laughs> you took a big breath. <laughs> I even even it it's like, <laughs> Your cells—it you went somatic for a second. Your cells could feel it all for a second. Again, I'm sorry. Maybe that—maybe that's a good storytelling. I got to put it in a novel or something or a book. But anyway, so we met in this community that John Kim put together, uh, you know, and it fit well with his ethos of casual, not clinical, because we could only meet by Zoom. But we had dance parties. We had your breath uh, sessions, which. Again, we're going to I know we're going to focus on on dating and breakups and shit, but you've got to talk about that. So I will shut the fuck up. And please let you give yourself your own bio. Go for it.
0: Thank you, Sean. So, yeah, it does all start with the breathwork. Actually, that's where I first discovered it. Um, 2019, I was backpacking through Mexico. Uh, I was finishing this trip, six-week trip, Um, the last week I was doing by myself, and I just received the news that I lost one of my best friends um, unexpectedly, 10 days before his 29th birthday. I was fucking crushed. I was drinking myself to sleep every night, you know, right after finding that out, and then I ended up staying at this retreat center called Pura Vida in Yalapa, Mexico, and uh, spent a couple nights there, and there was a breathwork facilitator doing this, like, training course, had no idea what the fuck breathwork was at that point. And, uh, I just got to know her, told her what I was moving through and processing. And she was like, Hey, you got to give this a shot. Like, I think it'll be really helpful, um, to process this loss. So I was like, let's do it. And, uh, yeah, I entered into this, this breathwork journey, you know, super open, super vulnerable, just wrecked, you know, like I was so sad, so angry, so crushed. And the first half of that breathwork experience, it was that it was, incredibly emotional. It was tears of just anger and grief and pain. And somewhere like midway through the journey, it all shifted into this like state of acceptance. And I remember just like the tears stopped for a bit and I just felt this, like this wave of acceptance. Um, and that wave shifted into gratitude. Like the, the rest of the journey, it was just this, this abundance of gratitude an acceptance for knowing that my friend is gone, but for, you know, the, the gratitude that I had him in my life for those years that we, that we did get to share. And obviously some different tears started flowing after that. And I I came out of that breathwork experience. And first of all, I looked at like the facilitator. I was like, first of all, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> Second of all, that was like the, one of the most incredible experiences I've ever, I've ever gone through. And um, that was like, that that's what hooked me. That one journey, I feel like I moved through the entire process of like the grieving, what I would consider the grieving process in one hour and, uh, you know, fast forward about six, eight months, you know, COVID happens. I joined this 12 week men's emotional awareness program, um, through the unshakable man, Chris Wilson and Mike Saguna at the time were the coaches and, uh, yeah, I started this program and they were facilitating the same kind of breath work every week and it just became my church. Um.
2: Wait, was that a coincidence or did you seek them out because of the breath? No, nope. it just happens C- that complete coincidence, oh, shit. complete oh, coincidence.
0: Shit. Yep. So I had a, that's
2: not coincidence. Homie. That's, <laughs> no, that's like kismet. Universe, that's yeah. like kismet. Yeah.
0: One of my best friends in the entire world. She, you know, she's someone that I always confided in about everything. And she was just like, you know, like I have so many men in my life and she, she realized that I didn't, I didn't express, you know, how I was feeling to these men. I only really showed it with her. And she was like, "You need some healthy men in your life." And she kind of pushed me to this program, um, this twelve-week program. It was during COVID, so it was perfect. It was virtual, and yeah, they were offering breathwork uh, every Sunday. And I was living in my van, so wherever I was at, I had to make sure I had four bars of service so I could drop in and do virtual breathwork. And um, you know, through that, seeing the power for myself. But then, you know, at the end of breathwork, everyone that was on the call would get on, you know, turn on the camera and like share about these aha moments share about these, these experiences they had and to just like witness these men open up and be so incredibly vulnerable and share about what they just moved through was so moving to me that I wanted more. Um, And that's when kind of the light bulb went off and I was like, I want to get into coaching. I want to learn more about this breath work so I can hold this space for other people so I can share it with the world because I was, I was blown away at how I didn't know it existed yet. And like how so many people don't know that it exists because it is so powerful.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, I, you know, I've said this, you're going to blush some more, but everybody you got to, you'll get all the contact info from us when they go on the platform and they see the the podcast posted and everything, but they got to contact you. I'm telling you, um, What Brandon's talking about is as revelatory as he's saying. I have never, I I had my, I had my drug years and the only time I've come close to that kind of like emotional purging and deep diving. And also that, you know, I mean, almost a little bit of not ego annihilation, not like I'm on acid or something, but just really good, peaceful remove Hmm. where I can just observe myself is when I've done the breath work with you. And Brandon did a couple of those uh, during the weekends of wellness, like you said, the Tat Lab during, uh, we called it the Tat Lab was that community and we would come together for these weekends and have these virtual conventions. And again, Brandon, you know, brought his gift. You got a fucking gift to this uh, convention and this, this platform. It's unbelievable. And everybody, there, there are no drugs. This is not ayahuasca. This is not fucking psilocybin. This is like Brandon walks you through and encourages you to breathe in a certain way. You know what I call it. I call it my blood feels carbonated mm. when I work with you. And you just, actually tell them, you tell them, you tell like what changes the <clears throat> oxygen levels change.
0: Yeah. So that's what's happening. And, um, it's funny you talk about like that ego death and, and, um, cause what's actually is happening. So we're over oxygenating, right? We're taking in much more oxygen than we normally would. We're also releasing much more carbon, carbon dioxide than we normally would. And that imbalance of CO2 and O2 in the body and bloodstream is what allows us to enter into this state. Potentially, this altered state, like you're you're talking about, right? Like, because it does have these similar characteristics of like a plant medicine journey and experience, and we can enter into this state called transient hypofrontality. So transient oh. meaning temporary, right? We can go in and out of it. Hypo, uh, which is the opposite of hyper, so to downregulate, and right. frontality is referring to your prefrontal cortex, where your ego is stored, oh. right? So as you're breathing. That prefrontal cortex, the ego, the monkey mind, the chatter, right? That shuts down and we can drop out of our head and into our heart space, into our feeling body. And that's yeah. when those emotions can start to come up because that's where we hold everything, right? Where That's where we hold the body keeps the score. So we hold those traumas, those fears, those worries, those doubts on the body. So it's an opportunity yeah. to, you got to feel it to heal it. So your body starts right. to feel that pain, feel that anger, feel that shame, that guilt, And then it's a chance, you know, one of my favorite parts of the journey is the primal scream, where, Mm. you know, I give people the opportunity, like, this is a chance to just give a voice to whatever's inside that needs to be let the fuck out and let go of. And it looks and sounds different for everyone. Sometimes it's a scream, sometimes it's a roar, a hoot, a holler, a yell, a laugh, a cry, whatever it looks like or sounds like for you. It's just this opportunity for shedding, this opportunity for release. And then there's that, that release is what creates the space for more joy and connection and purpose and clarity and passion, whatever comes up.
2: Dude, I almost, uh, we're, we're, we're like 10 minutes in and I almost, I'm like, Oh my God, should we shift gears and just have you talk about this fucking journey, <laughs> this amazing journey you you guide people through every fucking week? Like, uh, uh, you know, it's like, it's like uh, Dante's, but like Paradiso, <laughs> like the last part, but, but, but let's, Pivot. And again, the the word that always, I'm, I'm kind of a wordsmith, a word snob and a writer, but revelatory. I mean, until I find something better or just stick with that, it really is. It it really is. It's magical, dude. It's really, you've got an amazing fucking gift. So again, I want to just encourage everybody it's I wouldn't have never kind of like you bumping into it again. It was like kismet. I would have never thought to do it. Didn't know anything about it. You go and you're in this painful spot bump
0: into it in the middle of Mexico
2: and then you find it again up here as you're going to this retreat. That's beautiful. The craziest part too beautiful. is
0: I was supposed to be in, my, in in that part of Mexico at the beginning of my trip. And there was this massive fucking storm and the town is only accessible by boat. And it's the town flooded. I couldn't get there till six weeks later. So yes, it, uh, six weeks, six weeks. Yeah.
2: So it completely upended your schedule, dude. I'm shaking my head. People can't see it, but I, it's, that dude, that's kismet. That just we're just meant to fucking be. And I don't believe in faith, but God
0: damn. I mean, we we would not be having this conversation right now unless like right. that storm hit in Mexico in right. the fall of 2019.
2: <laughs> right, right, right. So how do we go from from the breath work and additional coaching and maybe like let me know if you pick up some other modalities and then how that affects. How you talk to men about themselves, their emotions, and specifically what we're going to focus on today, everybody, uh, is is the dating and the breakups and like dealing with the breakups. So, how is that a, a, a function of your coaching, and how did you get there? I guess. I guess it should be the other way around. How
0: did you get there, and then how does it a function? Yeah, so as um you know, I was going through that twelve week men's emotional awareness program, and that opened so much up for me. I, I realized I wanted more. I wanted more depth, and I wanted to go deeper. So uh, I ended up hiring one of those coaches to work one on one together. And through that work, um, you know, it I was in the hospitality industry my entire life, so bartending, beverage director at fine dining restaurant. Um, you know, and I kind of thought that was my dream job and that I made it sick restaurant in Vail, Colorado. Um, and then COVID hit, pushed me out of that, which was, you know, such a blessing. And through that work with, with Chris Wilson, I realized like, you know, I could be this person for someone else. Um, and that's when I went through Lumia John's coaching program, um, went through another program and as I was going through those and and learning the principles of coaching and how to, you know, create these safe and brave spaces for people to, to show up and and to work with them um, is when I was going through uh, a breakup and a transition. And, um, you know, it was at one of my, that was one of my lowest points. You know, I had done all this work with a coach, this men's group, all this breath work. And then I entered into this new relationship and I was like, fuck, I I got it figured out. Like, I'm so much more aware of like, my flaws and how to express them and how to be vulnerable and emotional and open. Like I got this, this one's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when it started not to, um, you know, I, in my, my past is like littered with, with pushing people away, pushing super healthy and amazing people and partners away and avoidant, a very avoidant. Yep. Creating stories of why they weren't the right person, all this shit, the mess. And, um, so when I was with someone and really created this like fantasy story that I had to get to of like, this is it, this is the one I found this new town, this new partner, like, this is amazing. When it started not working out and she pushed me away, I became so incredibly anxious and I had Mm. no idea how to handle that. I became, Mm. I grasped and chased and lost myself and, you know, disconnected from what filled me up and tried to do anything I can to like be there and think that that was uh you know a way to to keep this relationship alive and all it did was was suffocate and push that person away even more
2: Mm -hmm. did you get a did you get a you said chase, and that's one thing that I will not fucking do anymore. But were you chasing? Was it codependent? It was anxious. What, what was? How was? What was her reaction? Was yeah, like,
0: I mean, so so much of that. Kind still
2: dating you, or like fuck off? Like, yeah, she, yeah, I she, mean, she was like, stop.
0: Things started to shift, and it, I mean, it was during COVID, so you know, we started dating. The, you know, July, August, whatever of 2020, and you know everything was shut down. I'm in a new town, so all I knew was like her and her friends. So yeah, that's where the codependency came, Mm. came in play. And, uh, you know, when it started not working out all these fears of, Oh, if I lose her, I lose this friend group that I have. And so it was just like this, this, I was just showing up from a place of fear rather than like actual love. And luckily I had my men's group. Luckily I had a coach. So, you know, as I was trying to move through that and process it, um, I was supported and, but that's when the light bulb went off of there's hundreds and thousands of people everywhere that are going through this that don't have this support, that don't mm-hmm. have these spaces to to be able to open up and express the things that they're going through and, and their struggles as, as this breakup is happening. Um, so, yeah, that was like what was the catalyst for me to create my eight week coaching program of helping people, you know, heal after a breakup. And go ahead. That's
2: right. No no, no 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 that's right I'm sorry I know you saw me like like pop off in the, in, in the video and I, di- I didn't mean to stop your train of thought. So you had the you had the breath work under your belt you had the Lumia under your belt you had another coaching course your your, your life is just you know you're all like feels right you're all like you're open and vulnerable and you know uh, uh, going through it and then this situation with the relationship happens and then you're like oh, and you're going to take that experience and then offer like a, a curated eight week piece for people.
0: Exactly. To, and that's, you know, wow. and that, you know, it starts with a, a one-on-one breathwork journey. That's what, that's what the program starts with 75 minute breathwork journey. And that's what kind of kicks off the the coaching relationship. Um, and yeah, I have like a set kind of idea of what each week will look like, but um, you know, everyone is at a different point in their journey, in their recovery from, a from some heart from heartbreak. So, um, you know, I curate that program specifically to, to the person. And, but yeah, we do a lot of, you know, work on creating empowering meaning behind the relationship What that person was here to teach them what would be at risk if they were still with that partner, whether it was toxic or not. Um, you know, everything they took away, you know, for some people they're in relationship with someone that is just an amazing, incredible person and they feel so in love and connected and, that person's shown up for them in a way that they never have and all these, all these great things, but that person wasn't for them. So mm-hmm. that person ended the relationship. So, you know, it's an opportunity to then take away like, Hey, this is what I now know that I need from a future partner. Right. So mm-hmm. it's about taking away pieces that you can, um, you know, t- trusting that that partner in that relationship was here for you and that this break right. is not happening to you.
2: That's fucking awesome. You know, there's a guy, Rob Brezhne, is an astrologer and, uh, and he made up a term called pro as a counter to paranoia mm. that the universe actually has your best interests in mind. And I love how that's what you're coaching these people through is that yes, the pain, yes, the loss, yes, the hurt doubts, everything that comes up, right? All the negative that comes up, but what can you, it's like, you can be discreet. What can you take positively away from it? That's fucking brilliant, man, because uh, we can all just stew and think that like, that was the one. And for one fucking thing, you and I have to talk about that some other time or maybe this time, but like, I don't believe in like the fucking one. I don't believe in soulmates. I, people like Danae Logan are changing the terms and changing the definitions a little bit. But all of that comes from scarcity mindset hmm. is, what, is how I interpret it. And so I love how you're like, yeah, yeah, but but what's the good? What good can come from that? That's wonderful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on you. What good came from the turning point relationship that actually got you to build that eight week piece? What did you take from that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, like the the biggest thing I think is just the opportunity to now support people in their healing journey, right? Because obviously none mm-hmm. of that would have happened had this not occurred. Um, For me personally, you know, it, it, it really turned on the light bulb for all the things of my past that like, that I just did not actually process in past relationships. Um, So it was an opportunity for me to really like sit and process this, that, that relationship. It was the first time that I ever actually feel like I took the time to slow down, to process, to take accountability for my part in the the downfall and the unraveling of it. And before when a relationship would start to end, it was like, okay, cool. Like, fuck it. Let's go party. Let's go drink. Let's go get under someone to get over someone. Let's like lily pad (laughs) a lily bed. And, and never ever did I ever take the time to think um, about what my part was. Right, like, it was a lot more of like blame. No, this is on them. And you know, obviously that is so incredibly unhealthy and, you know, probably is why a lot of those patterns continued for so long. Right. So, um, yeah. And as I was processing, it was funny because, you know, a lot of the things that I would do to like distract myself in the past, like go downhill mountain biking, go snowboarding, like go skydive, or do something extreme to like not have to think or feel or process. I broke a rib at during like at the while I was going through this breakup and it was during this the snowboard season I broke my rib I dislocated between my uh, like breastplate and my rib so I literally right. like didn't have any other choice but to fucking sit and right but to be inside and to feel right so it was like the fucking universe like Arthur. yeah it was right. like you so have Arthur no other creed. choice but to sit here and feel the pain and to feel the sadness and to accept your role in the downfall of it and fucking learn from it finally.
2: Dude, it's interesting that the the language that you're using is what I share a lot in my sex and love addiction class. And you know, I say this all the fucking time, and people listen to the podcasts. They'd be like, "Dude, you say that every fucking time you're you're talking." But um, I never tell my clients. I never diagnose. One, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, or or, or a therapist. I'm I'm a coach. Uh, so I never diagnose. I'm like, you got to tell me if you think you this is addiction, compulsion, whatever. I'll tell you. Ooh, that sounds. That's, I've heard that before. I can say that, but uh, you know, that's familiar. Um, it's a pattern, but uh, a lot of, some of the language you're using reminds me of the 12 step, right? Cause I, I do mm. a lot of my stuff is informed by 12 step. I don't sponsor people. I don't sponsor clients. Uh, it's, you know, it's more, it's broader than that. But when you're talking about taking responsibility, it's tough for people, especially when you got broken up with, but even just a session with a client a, a new client I had tonight, that's, you know, really toxic relationships. And uh, we tend to get into like victim mode and all of that. And yeah, it hurts when someone breaks up. And yeah, maybe it, it, it mainly is them, not us. And they may even say that, you know, as opposed to, you know, John and Vanessa's book, flipping that, that idiom around. But what's great is that you're like, they're still my part. Not that I'm an asshole, not that I not that I, not that I, I I'm throwing like some mad negativity on it. It's like what can I learn from this and then do differently or be even attuned differently to the next time, right? And that doesn't mean like be paranoid, look for red flags or any shit like that. You know what I mean? It's just I love how you keep saying like what's my part? What can I take responsibility for and then learn from and then move forward?
0: Yep. And that was definitely something that was new for me at that time. Right. Like I said, because I wasn't doing that in the past and you know i see that with clients all the time i see that especially like working with men right like and i want to be that support system for men so they're not making these mistakes so they do have the opportunity to to slow down and to process and to 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 show up from this place of like empowerment and and you know take pride in acknowledging their faults
2: yeah right the humanness, not not again, not victim shaming, not you know what I tell my clients, I'm like, dudes we will never go a shame route, mm. like especially because I'm I'm dealing with a lot of addicts, right, or compulsives or co- codependents, like I can't help you get out of shame by shaming you further, like I you know cafeteria Catholic, I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to shame, it's it, it's all gotta be um, constructive, right, uh, uh, edifying, uh, uh, it can be critical. Like you're saying, it could be like, what part can I, you know, question them? What part can you take responsibility for X, Y, and Z, but all always constructive, always with like compassion. That's exactly,
0: that is the word, right? So meeting, you know, taking accountability and then meeting yourself with that, with that grace and compassion that you deserve, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're not taught this shit. A lot of times we don't know better. We're just, we're just out there doing the best that we can right but when we're in these relationships where you know we're so trapped in and trying to win this person back and we're chasing like those blinders are just on and we're in it and it's so hard to to take a step back and just like actually realize what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. in the moment mm-hmm. it's awareness. so hard awareness, awareness.
2: Grow, grow some awareness grow some conscientiousness Uh, 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 you know, I always, I always refer to it as, uh, with the awareness, like, you know, look at the scenario you're in or the life or the paths or decisions you're you're choosing like, like a prism, right? Sit there and like turn it, let the light go through it Mm, what are the new little facets and, and, and images you're getting right. And are you, I, I got two questions and I know you're not supposed to stack questions as a coach, uh, but one's a short one. And then one, I expect a good, good fucking answer from you. Um, are you coaching men and women, people who identify
0: as, as male or female or just men? Yeah, I do work with, with all people. And, um, oh, you do, okay. I do, I, you know, I work with everyone and I, I, but I do just have this like deep passion for men's work because that is, you know, how I got into this, you know, that program and, um, through the unshakable man. And, um, just, I, I, I feel most rewarded when I work with a group of men, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do um, the men's group bi weekly in the single and purpose community. You know, we've shared a men's group together. Um, I have a men's group that I go to in person in Encinitas. And, you know, I just leave those groups really just always reminded how important they are mm-hmm. and how powerful mm-hmm. they are and just how needed. And that's, you know, especially guys that it's their first time. They show up. They're nervous. They're they're afraid to speak. They're afraid to show up. They're they're not knowing how they'll be received, and they they leave and they're like, I had no idea how much I needed that. I had no idea that these spaces existed. I can't wait to come back.
2: Mm-hmm. Or that that I, I hear too. Uh, most of my twelve step is is men's only. I sometimes go to an all an all gender uh, one, which can be sometimes is revelatory because it's me hearing something that might be triggering as a mm. cisgendered, heterosexual man, but just trying to see that sister, mother, neighbor as a recovering addict like me and not spinning off in my fucking like triggers or any shit like that, right? But just like you're saying, so many newbies come to these 12-step meetings uh, or these other groups where uh, where it's all men or, or the guys in, in, the, in the classes that you're doing now or the ones that we've shared. Men don't, American men don't even have an idea that it was possible to even go there because of our acculturation, because of whether, whether it's nature or nurture or both, and it's usually both, but especially the cultural shit, the, 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 the nurture stuff, it just, it was passed down like like a bad fucking, you know, uh, 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 disease or something, you know, somatic, 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 grandfather to father to son. And these dudes walk away going, we can do this. Mm. Like we, it's like we give them, it's like, it's like you give them permission as a
0: coach, right? So good. So needed.
2: Yeah. 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 The other question that I was going to follow up with was then in, in this old springboard right off what we were talking about is why is it so important to talk to men about break breakups?
0: (sighs) Hmm. I think for me, um, you know, when I look at myself, when I look at my story, when I look at, you know, the friends that I grew up and the mistakes that we've made when it comes to like relationships and like the harm that we've caused other people, like, I think that's what, like, I, I hold, you know, the shame and the the guilt for is like, you know, hurting other people. Right. And, um, You know, if I can work with men and, and lately it's been this idea of working with men at an early stage at an earlier stage, because I feel Mm -hmm. like the age range of these like men's groups that are, you know, the youngest person is usually, I don't know, maybe in their mid twenties, Mm -hmm. like maybe. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of shit went wrong before that, that could have prevented me from making the mistakes that I did you know, in my late teens and early twenties. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, who's there supporting that group?
2: So are you specifically now in your practice as a coach and as a men's coach, you're specifically angling on like teens, college age or not
0: at all. Not at all. Like I don't have, I'm not, I, I currently am just, you know, having the men's group that I've, that I'm with, I'm not out there pursuing that age group, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, something that's very, that's been weighing on me and that I've, really wanted to try to tap into and to access and to find a way to create some more groups and spaces that are targeted toward that age group. right? Got because it. I Got think it. there's as... a lot of opportunity mm. to help, you know, shift and mold and, and constructively support men at that age, you know, because I feel like they just don't have it. Right. Yeah. You know, when I yeah. think back of like the, the toxicness of when I was in college and being in a fraternity and like, what it like that you were cool because of how many women you slept with. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's where I feel like a a lot of shift needs to happen.
2: Okay. No, that's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. And it's almost like an untapped cohort or demographic. I think so. And uh, yeah. And, And I mean, it's cool in the 12 step rooms and in the groups. I mean, I'm, I'll be 50 this year and you see a lot of, late thirties, definitely forties and fifties, and then a little bit older. And and you're saying that you've been seeing in your current one. I haven't been on nearly as much uh, to, to visit with you some mid twenties, but um, no, it'd be interesting if you can, especially, and let me, it's a little bit of a tangent here, but especially because I have heard so many Gen Zers and, you know, on the younger end of millennials um, talking about, but before I was even a coach, Brandon, I had coworkers at this place that I managed uh, customer service. I won't say any more details than that, but I was managing a, a, a you know, customer service space store and uh, dudes were coming up to me and like confessing, I must've been getting off of the the coaching, the aura or something back then. Maybe, maybe I'll dust my shoulder off a little bit and say like, look, I had it in me all along. I just took too, I just took a long time to get it.
0: Create away. that space for were, people.
2: That's right. That's right. And they would come up and literally be like, dude, like I can't get it up for my girl because I keep watching
1: porn. I was like,
2: yeah, that's what happens. And they knew I wasn't fucking with porn. I never actually outright broke my anonymity with them. But, you know, they'd have it on their cell phone and try to flash it to me and say, hey, look at, look at this. And I'm like, I don't do that. That's all I would say. And so then maybe as a result of that, mm. knowing my disposition, they would later on come to me and be like, dude, I'm having like issues. It's like, dude, that's not. And so this speaks to the cohort, the, the the demographic you're talking about a little bit younger because, uh, you know, and I think, Rena Martine, a couple of the people that we know in, in, in the different uh, cohorts we're, we're, we're running through have talked too about, um, dude, like porn isn't, it's not real. That's not, that's not like a sex ed at all. Fuck like no. It's just, <laughs> no, it's just, just as, I mean, I mean, people listening will be like, yeah, no, fuck no. Like you, like, of course not. But you know, when you're 15, 16, 17, You think 18, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, they're watching that like they're watching the Batman Mm. Or you know, the next fucking like Mission Impossible movie. It's like, yo, bro, you can't utilize it's it's no more that that's no more real than yeah, you're gonna go, you know, stop a nuclear bomb like Tom Cruise did, right, in all those movies. So it's important. I I, I you know, keep us posted on you know, if you do land that spot or create that space like officially for these younger cats, because I, I think that would do a hell of a lot. I will good. I will. Yeah, yeah. What do you got for um um you know, breakup remedies, what are your, what are some of the tools you're throwing at it? I got a handful that that I'll share, but I I wanted to hear what you got.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I'm excited to hear yours because I know last time we chatted, um, it was about, you know, you moving through a breakup and, uh, so I'm I'm curious to hear where you're at in that journey for yourself. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, like I said, like through my program, it is, uh, you know, that one step of really creating that empowering meaning behind it. Um, I do a lot of work with IFS journey, internal family systems. So essentially taking people, Explain
1: that. uh, Explain yeah, that.
0: it's made famous from, uh, Dr. Richard Schwartz. Um, essentially it is like, I take people through like a meditation, but I, I do use breath work through it as well to kind of help people open up a bit more. Um, and we go back to different times, different ages, different situations where people can remember from childhood, that was traumatizing that they didn't receive love from their primary caregivers that um and has something that's like weighed on them and has affected them up into these adult years right so just an example actually a couple weeks ago i led my client through one and it was a specific memory where she was eight and she was in this room with her mom and they were in an argument a fight and It was like one of the times where they were in the screaming match and she just felt so disconnected from her mom and just felt so unloved. And so like, there was just like such a lack of emotional safety and maturity. And, you know, through this kind of like breathwork, meditation, hypnosis, and like a series of questions for them to, you know, reconnect to this, this her eight year old self and, and physically put herself back into that room and you know create this safety and bond with her eight-year-old self so that her younger version of her could receive that love that she didn't get from her her mom at the time from her adult self right and she was actually able to be there and support her and get to the point where she was visualizing herself holding her and keeping her safe and then like taking her out of that room Mm -hmm. and uh you know i asked her where does she want to go now and she's like she wants to go to hogwarts and just like live this like amazing (laughs) happy stoked life and and it was it was so cool because we got i brought her out of that journey and i was like yeah you know like how are you feeling right now what's coming up she took a deep breath and she was like you know what i feel like i just slayed a dragon like i am a fucking dragon slayer and so that was like so cool to see so um, yeah. I use that. And a lot of it is just like now getting people to see this opportunity that they have. Right. I know John talks a lot about like breakups are, you know, actually the richest soil for, for personal growth and, and self-discovery and personal development. So it is this chance to like put the focus back on, onto, to, to you after a breakup and fill your cup with the things that you maybe put aside or, or put on the back burner for your partner. Or you didn't have the time or whatever the excuses that you made while you're in a relationship, right? And now it's like time to, to go experience those, Um, you know, and then really redefining what you want from a partner, right? So like thinking about your own values, your own needs, your own non-negotiables so that, you know, when the the right person comes along, you, you're aware of those things. You're Mm -hmm. able to speak to them. You're able to be curious about um, that person's values, So you know that they align, Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you can like get yourself back out there and start to date with intention. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and my goal after eight weeks is for people to be resoundingly secure in who they are and what they offer that they'll never settle for less. And then people are, you know, some people are ready to stay single and purpose and other people are ready to courageously step back into the dating world. So we start to navigate that together.
2: Right. Right. Courageously and, and confidently, right. A little more confidence, a little more, uh, uh, self-possessed, uh, I, I like how you said, uh, you know, redefine what you want and, um, no, that dude, that all sounds wonderful. Are these sessions, the eight weeks, is it just an hour? Cause it sounds like you pack a lot of real rich talk about the rich soil that John says. So are you doing like an hour and a half, two hours with people or what are you doing? Hour
0: long session, um, through zoom. And then there is like quite a decent, decent bit of work for them to do in between sessions. Um, and that's where like the the majority of the work gets done so that when we do come to session, it's like, it's so powerful because of what they had accomplished, the assignments that they did and whether it's journal prompts, whether it's like, you know, I know we talked about this and I'm excited for you to, to share more about like your personal, like burn ceremony and what that looks like, but that's like something I offer in my program and, um, but yeah, it, it, it's with every, with almost every one of my clients, like we get to the two, three, four week mark. And there's just like, they have this aha moment, something, something magical happens. And they're just, I'm like, we pause and I take a breath and I'm like, do you remember where you were like three weeks ago, four weeks ago? And they're like, fuck. Yes, Mm -hmm. I do. And it feels really good to be where I'm at now.
2: That's awesome. That's, that's a great move uh, uh, to hold up that mirror. Uh, right, so you can remind them of their progress, and they might be in it and feeling great and everything, but even just that. And then what Basta. we do,
0: I call it basking. So it's like, okay, let's bask nice. in this feeling and and allow your whole nervous system and every cell to like experience how fucking amazing it feels to be right now. So I am just like, yeah, lean back, like you are just getting blasted with the sun, and just like bask in it and bask in this this growth and and where you are at and celebrate it.
2: Dude, you're a fucking amazing coach. I'm like fucking a little. Uh, I don't traffic in envy. Usually, it's a uh, usually I'm like, ooh, ooh, what can I learn from that? But that's a fucking great move, man. Um, so see you again, everybody. Y'all need to hit this brother up and uh, and taking some breath work and some 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 coaching. Um, that's dope. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I have a hard time, you know, not Sean the coach, Sean the uh, just the dude. Uh, and also, don't let me refer to myself in the third person. But, <laughs> I'm going to call uh, you the uh, dude uh, from
0: now on. One day we'll, sh- <laughs> we'll share a, a Caucasian together. <laughs> That's I got a beverage here, man.
2: Dude, don't get us. Dude, that'll be a whole other fucking podcast. I can quote that whole movie, Frontward and Backward. Man. Old man that said I could take any
0: rug in the house. <laughs> God, oh, fuck. my God. Excuse me, dear. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, listen <laughs> up, listen up, What's
2: list up. Can do that whole thing. All right. We got to have a Lebowski fucking podcast. That'd be dope. We only, we have only about like, like five, 10 minutes anyway, because you know what? I don't, I don't like to hear my, I'm so glad that uh, we've got to hear so much of your story and your modality and how you handle things and how you got there. Cause I don't like hearing myself fucking yap for, for that's bullshit. I, I love <laughs> listening, listening to, to And I love you hearing you yap. So, <laughs> but no, I
0: appreciate you like guiding and curating this, this conversation and, and you're so good at that, one, but I do want to hear, you know, because last we spoke and you never you know, we haven't reconnected about it, but just about this, the breakup that you just went through and, and the tools you use for yourself and, you know, where you're at now with it.
2: I'm trying to think what the fuck that was, because it must have been a long time since we've had a good, good sit down. So for one thing, I do want to share. Uh, and again, maybe it's for another, po- well, we'll be on a couple podcasts. We'll do this again for sure. But um last year for, from 20, 20- I'm getting my timeline mixed up because it it all blurs in in the three years of COVID. Right. So 2020 to 20, this is 23. Fuck. See from 2021 to 2022, I had this fucking, you know, and and most of 2022, it was fucking dark night of the soul time, man. And, and again, it's another podcast talk about the whys and wins and wherefores. Maybe we'll get like three or four of us be like, when was your dark? (laughs) But um. I had never really truly experienced it like that. And Brandon, everybody was one of my three or four, I call you guys angels mm. and kind of like how we were talking about kismet with you getting to Mexico six weeks later, I swear to fucking God, it was either picking up a phone or remembering to text you or call or you called me, hey, we got a free session or what, you know, breath session. I was like, fuck yes, I'll take it. And, you know, again, three or four other people just popped in like that. And changed the course of that whole fucking year. Now, I still stayed dark, but that's because with the breath work that I did with you and a couple other tweaks from other people, dude, I hit, what do you call it? I hit the fucking, not the gold. I mean, I guess the gold mine, the main nerve. Mm. I hit my core, core fucking fear and was like, oh, my God. So again, everybody, I want to reiterate just how potent brandon's work is and, and for something especially like me you have no fucking idea what you're walking into a breath work okay i'm just gonna like do like lamaze like what the fuck <laughs> no dude it's like this amazing again my blood got carbonated and revelations just come
0: remember how crazy sorry to interrupt remember how crazy it was I, so i play i play music i, I curate a playlist for everyone and i remember like i tested the music i was like sean can you hear the music and you're like yeah i hear it and i'm like oh shit hold on give me a second. I want to show you, we had just developed our new website for one ether. And I was like, check out the website, check out what it looks like. And then I forgot to reshare the music. So then we went through the whole breathwork journey with no music, but like all the songs that were like really deep and meaningful and had had, had really powerful lyrics. You were visualizing, like seeing you breathe and and cry and move through it. It was like you were hearing those songs. So the flow of the breathwork of the journey of when we got to the primal scream and, You know i was hearing the music thinking you were too but i wasn't sharing it and then i remember the final song i used you know a rendition of three little birds and it's like you know everything's gonna be all right and you you were saying everything's gonna be all right and that song you couldn't hear the song and it was just like i remember when you told me that that no music was playing first i was like kind of mortified i was like oh fuck like you didn't hear any music but also i was like it was such a reminder And about just that the breath does the work. Like it's not the music that is, is helping people move through this journey and this, this experience. Um, It's the breath. And it was so clear to, to, to witness that from you. And it was so powerful. And I remember I got the chills. It was just, that was a really profound, you know, experience for, for myself too, to witness that
2: dude, a thousand percent. I got kind of like chilly just right now. And if they do watch one of these like excerpts, they'll see this huge fucking beaming smile on my face because um, I, a few times in my life have I experienced something like that supernatural or proof of uh, uh, something extra sensory, hmm. right? Because I'm just going to reiterate what he said in just a super fast way, everybody, uh, to, to tell you the power of this no music was playing on my end of the zoom i'm laying in my kids room in their room in my apartment on the floor and uh, brandon's on the screen next to me and we go through this app you actually gave me extra time i think we did like an hour and 20 or something just seemed a little bit longer something happened along the way as far as how that worked out but regardless when i was audiating when i would say something or remark or brandon would would jump in and just you you know with, with a quip or a prompt my reactions and my experience, it was as if I was hearing the fucking music. You're hundred percent right. And I swear to Christ, I did not. And you were like, what? But I thought you, but you were saying and you're yeah. responding. And I was like, no, dude, there was nothing in my ears this whole time, except your voice. And I just thought, oh, this is a little different than the other ones that I had, where there's like, you know, you're popping off all these like great tunes that, that go along with the, the sort of stages, right. The way it flows, right. Mm-hmm. The different levels and, and stages. No, no fucking music. Dude, I, I fucking bawled after that. It was fucking crazy. So anyway, yes, super powerful, man. You got a fucking gift. I don't even – I mean we're at 45. I can go over these tools, but I almost feel like it's like fucking awesome to end that way. What do you want to do? Should we, should we should just go through it a little quick? I don't know.
0: It's. Uh, I mean it's totally up to you. I'm happy to share the tools or are we just like let's record another podcast. So let's keep Yeah, ripping. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, man. Let's walk off into the sunset, and uh, <laughs> and uh, with with the note that the breath work and the opening space, you know, holding space, especially in your experience as a coach for for men who are otherwise so acculturated exactly against that those propensities. Like, don't think, don't feel. Well, think, but just stay in your fucking you know uh, uh, left brain all the time. Don't feel, don't emote, uh, have no regrets, you know, and if you do, fuck it, stuff them. You know, there's just, there's still in 2020 fucking three, man, this really sad cultural propensity to, to not emote. And, and I will include uh, people who identify as women as well in that. I think it's a very American thing and I'm not going to try to get political or anything, but I think it's a very uh, 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 American and, and, and European American thing. That we all just kind of got sucked into. Yeah, to so like I'm hold the
0: stature and to like, you know, be this way. And now I heard this this sad. It is sad. It's a. It was a quote from like a 15 year old boy, and he was speaking to, you know, not being able to emote those emotions based on the society and and you know people in school and who he's surrounded by. And he he wrote, some days it would just be so much easier to actually be a woman because I wouldn't have to be emotionless.
2: Hmm. There's a lot in there, yeah. and if we had like a couple uh, uh, women on with us, boy, that that's probably a fucking podcast by itself, because we 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 know the stressors day in and day out that women feel. Uh, you know, you and I don't consider like, do I have my keys in my hand? Do I have the mace? Do I have this? Can I walk down that? Oh yeah, that fucking street. Or what? So there's all that, but there is more room for an
0: emotional expression right, but, and, expression and of emotion.
2: Right. Right. And, and then also they get penalized. It's, it's a double standard though. Cause they get penalized. That's why we called it hysterical for years, mm. you know, and pinned them under the certain ways. Like now you're being too emotional. It's like, fuck, you give no one any room to walk. Of course. And that is the same with, and that's, that's a similar part with men is it's like, just, just buck up stuff it, you know, and in my experience, that's where I get so much of this addiction compulsion, these act outs that just explode after years of repression. Right. And, um, I don't know let's, let's, end on a note with you as far as, uh, uh, you know, just, I don't know. Can you remember any kind of like last little experience as far as, uh, uh, Oh, I know what you said earlier, dude. You know what? I love what you said here. I'm all fucking like talking right over you safe and brave spaces. Mm. I love that. That's how you describe the, the place you're holding for people. And if we can have fucking more of that, right and these open vulnerable dialogues so much the better.
0: Yeah. Safe and brave. And, you know, I, I, know a lot of spaces we, we talk about safe spaces, but yeah, brave space, um, you know, and that to me means, you know, a space where you can just be yourself and where you can just show up and be authentic and be open and, and be seen and be heard and, and share without fear of judgment. Um, and yeah, that's the spaces that we're we're trying to continue to create, whether it's, it's within a men's group or a co-ed space. Um, and those co-ed spaces are so incredibly healing, um, on their own for different reasons. And, um, so yeah, excited about being part of that. Excited about continuing to share, you know, with one ether, what we have going on over there with, with my business partner, Charlie, and, and doing breath work twice a month and yoga twice a month, um, through our virtual community and a, a group community coaching call through that. But yeah, a lot of, exciting stuff and just trying to follow my heart and see where it leads me.
2: Well, you do it, brother. You do it. You got a big fucking heart and, uh, uh, the communities are, you know, better off with, uh, uh you know, you availing yourself to them and, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I, I know you're going to keep doing what you're doing. We will come back and do, you know, eight more podcasts. Yes, There's please. more to talk about. And uh, thank you for the time, everybody. It was Brandon, Grew. And I'm glad you plugged your shit at the end, too, because that's important uh, to just, you know, keep the work going. But also, you know, know that he is availing himself to you all and uh, check Brandon out. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you, Sean. Have a good day, night, whatever, everybody. Take care. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye.
1: I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story, and you can just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single On Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single On Purpose private community online. It's off of social media, no ads, no algorithms. We got forums, we got live groups, we got webinars, and we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life, and I will see you inside.